Hey, Adam. Yeah. Do you have a learning and growth mentality? Always. Are you growing things in your basement under a lamp situation? That's none of your business. Okay. I'm Adam Ennis. I'm Peter Martin. You're listening to the You'll Hear It Podcast. Daily jazz advice coming at you. Coming at you today, sponsored by OpenStudioJazz.com. You can check out Peter Martin's amazing uh, piano courses. Uh, I'm even getting in on the game. we got Jeffrey Keezer in there also. Yes. Uh, we're about to release a course by Brazilian great Elio Alves. It Brazilian might be out jazz. by the time this is very close to it. By Actually, the time this is heard. Yeah, it might be coming out today. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll happy, see. happy launch day. We'll see. I mean, we do wake up every morning and record these live. So, uh, yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. It might it's be just today. so early in the morning. It's just so early in the morning. Yeah. So what are we talking about today? Uh, today we Here have on a, the old podcast. We have a speak pipe from a uh, premium member. And uh, yeah, let's see. This is from Sean. All right. Hey, what's up, guys? Sean from Berlin. I want to say thank you so much for the tip on practice journals. I've been sleeping on practice journals and uh, massively helpful for being efficient and organized out the gate. Practice journals will never leave my life. So thank you so much. That's just, I mean, I don't know what I've been doing. Um, my question is, I'm curious to know uh, what you've learned as a, as a teacher and as a player during the time that you've had the, the site up and going, I'm sure there's, there's been a lot that you've learned uh, and information that, you know, maybe you never thought about as far as in, in your own plan and whatnot. So I'm curious to hear some feedback and uh, information on that. Peace. Man, did Sean just make practice journals sound sexy? <laughs> he did. That was it totally. Andrew, you got a you got a some comp, stiff competition here, man. I know, but as far as like the deep voice going. Now I got to tell. Have you been to Berlin before? I've never been to Berlin. Well, you're going to be surprised. Everybody in Berlin sounds like Sean. You're thinking <laughs> they sound like they have a German accent. They sound <laughs> like Sean. You know. Whew. Yeah, that's that, that's that's a voice made for radio, and but for good radio, yeah, not just awesome. any radio. Not our not our teensy <laughs> jazz pianist yeah, hey, voice. Hey, over Adam, here. how you doing, man? Yeah, pretty good, man. <laughs> um, all right, cool, man. So happy that the practice journal was a game changer for yeah, you and continues to be. Sure. I, it really is. I mean, it's we uh, we actually have a we're we're making a, a custom open studio practice journal. Are Did we? you know that? Yeah, it's going to be are really we? cool, like a really cool organized way to keep track of your week. What to practice? What you've practiced? There's going to be a little chart for keys that you can hit. I think uh, I think people are going to dig it. Nice, kind I'm of a use kind of a bujo uh, bullet journal for a for custom jazz, practice uh, journal. Effective jazz. Yeah, practice. look for that. Awesome, awesome. Um, okay, so what have we learned uh, since starting Open Studio? I could write a book. Yeah. I could if I could write a book. I haven't learned that <laughs> tune yet. <laughs> um, but I think you know specifically, Sean, you were asking about as a teacher and a player. So I'll, I'll kind of just look first at as a teacher. Um, I've learned so much. I, I you know, it, I'm so fortunate to be in this situation and to have learned from our students so many things. I mean, possibly or probably much more than I've taught, actually. Yeah. So I'm the beneficiary of, of so many just, you know, comments here and there, being able to meet our students out on the road around the world. That's been such a beautiful thing. The variety of, of, of students that we have. And, you know, as a teacher, I realized that, like, we... 
we serve a lot of uh, students that are, are at a surprisingly high level, you know, partly because we started with some kind of advanced courses. For sure. Um, and there is su- what I've learned is there's such a world of accomplished jazz players beyond just kind of the pro and local touring and local scenes, you know, that, that we know here and that, you know, some of the places we've traveled, we've seen. Mm. I mean, I know there's a bunch of great players in, in different places, but then there's this whole other level of like players that you never they're doing other things they're maybe doing an occasional gig but they're pretty good yeah, you know and sometimes sure. really good yeah yeah and so there's like a wealth like i always get so inspired about the state of jazz and when people like jazz is dead i'm like not at all i mean the 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 amount of and i mean and we've only touched a small percentage of them i'm sure i mean we're still trying to learn how to reach people that would be interested in in, in the kind of things and lessons that we have yeah um but the questions that i get asked and and that come into us you know, really get me thinking about putting things together. We put together courses together. And um, I mean, I think it's it's helped my playing too because it gets me going back, even stuff that I've known, and practicing it again. That's right. Because yeah. there's nothing like teaching something and getting dogmatic about it and then be like, wait, do I do that? Yeah. Can I do that? I need to be, I, shouldn't I be doing that? Yeah, sometimes I, know I feel this? like I'm just teaching myself. But it really is fun and it keeps you in that I think that's the biggest way I would describe it. It keeps me in that student mentality, which I love being there. I was I was going to say something similar. I never graduated college, so it's funny that I'm saying that. But I love. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like this student that never leaves. Me you know? either, <laughs> uh, Yeah, for me, like the analogy I, I come up with is is it's changed the way I teach in that. Uh, I'm, I was teaching like across the table at someone, and now yeah. I feel like the the best way to teach is to come to the same side of the table, almost like, hey, we're learning this together. I have these insights. Like I, I I've been working on this, but like we're all just growing together, yeah. right? Like, And so whatever I can share with you, I want to share whatever you can share with me. I'm going to use that too. Here's what I know. You yeah. know? And yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's the approach that for me has really been a, a huge game changer in, in connecting with people and actually, uh, like you said, improving my playing to really take an honest assessment of like, okay, what I'm about to tell them is something that is really good advice because yeah. I'm uh, you know, trying to grow. Is that is that a part of my routine? Right. Do right. I have that? Like, am I am I, you know, living into the into my values that I'm putting on other people? So um, that is an enormous value of being a teacher, and and I think something that I've taken from Open Studio. Yeah. And then just as a player, all those details uh, that that we get asked about all the time. Like sometimes people ask us, like, "Hey, like, wh- how do you finger this certain thing?" And I'm like, "I've never thought about that." But if right. I if I refine that, that's actually a huge, you know, uh, bonus for my playing. Right. You know, so it's like things that you don't even think about that you yeah. have that you're not identifying as holes in your own playing. Someone will be like, "I have this hole," and you're like, "Ah, oh, I have that hole too." I know. Let's let's figure it out. You know. Well, even even things that are. Um, I remember being kind of fearful at the beginning that. Um, as I started to see trends, you know, of questions like, how do you do this? And I realized it was something that, you know, either people admired in my playing or they wanted to know how to do it. And then I realized I didn't really know how I did it. So I was going to have to go back and kind of, right. or, or maybe I learned it so long ago or I learned it so unconsciously. So I was kind of fearful. Oh, if I learn the intricacies of it, it's going to start sounding contrived. So I would be like, oh, I don't really know how I do that. And then I realized that wasn't really helpful to people, though. I mean, I tried to make it like, just do it. I can just do it. But the reality was I actually did learn that on some level, yeah. conscious, some level of consciousness at some point. And, and, and once I learned that you can go back and figure it out, kind of reverse engineer or, or really going backwards from how you do it now and then try to figure out a way to explain it effectively, even yeah. if it wasn't the exact way that I learned it, 
um, that there that was not going to mess. It was only going to strengthen it actually for me. Yeah. Like the the thing we ended up calling bluesy double stops. Like I've been playing that since I, I kind of stumbled upon it so long that I never had any. I mean, it was definitely a sound, not a sound that I created, but it was a sound that I liked. For sure. And so I was always like, no, just play that. What do you mean? But then I said, you know what? There's actually a technical way that can make this easier for people. So I started breaking that down. Yeah. And that's really been super gratifying because one advantage, I mean, all this stuff is the same as like, I think teaching one-on-one with someone. There, there's no real huge conceptual difference to doing it online, but there are some kind of gradations that are interesting. Like we have the the, the benefit of, of kind of crowdsourcing questions and starting to see trends in a way that if you're just teaching the same people, which we've both done, you know, in our careers as well, one-on-one you don't necessarily get. It's so personalized for them and what they want. But we start to see when like hundreds of pianos ask the same question. For sure. And at first we're kind of like, oh, that's stupid or whatever. Then we're like, wait, no, that's not stupid. Like, yeah. We're the stupid one. Yeah, there's a void people. somewhere that yeah. of knowledge that these folks don't have. So. And so it can, it's kind of helped us to be able to pinpoint these important elements. Like once enough people were asking about the blue. And at first they were like, I don't know what pe- different people were calling them different things that yeah. kind of I call them double stops. I came up playing violin. Yeah, and that's the way I thought about I, it. Yeah, but bluesy double stops or whatever. They were asking, how do you get that bluesy sound or something in your line? Yeah. And so then I was like, cool, let me go break it down now that I've identified. Let me give it a name. Let me try to help people get to that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. For me, too, uh, one of the the, the more um, important revelations working here at Open Studio is really being around all these, you know, High, high-level, world-class artists. Yourself, Christian McBride, Diane Reeves, Tomero, uh, Hutch, like all these incredible people that I grew up listening to and idolizing. But so it, old people, basically. No, no, Got just it. just a little bit older <laughs> than me. But it was uh, it was realizing as a performer how important you know being honest was on mm. stage and how you know I've I've been talking about this all year about you know watching you perform so much now and and knowing you personally and and realizing that there's very little disconnect between your offstage personality and your playing on stage mm. and the work that that takes to to have that sort of confidence you mm. know what i mean and that's that's really the hardest part is because it's not something you can shed in the practice room it's right. it's like a personal growth kind of thing right yep. but that but again awareness man yep. awareness is key so just being aware that like okay i have to work on being more me on stage right and being confident that that's cool and like not trying to do not trying to people please or whatever yeah. as I'm on stage that that was an eye opener for me yeah and, and very very important you know no, that's great stuff yeah. one other thing I'm thinking about is um I think you know that I've really learned from the students is that there's like a real you know interest and awareness of sort of the real information kind of coming I, I don't even know how to describe it. we kind of call it starting to call it the open studio way but it's this idea that not everything has to be approach theory first you yeah. know and it was something that was always kind of natural to me and then once we met you know whatever 10 years ago and then slowly kind of started talking about these things as pianists we, we never like delineated it or, or wrote it out or anything it was just sort of a natural way that we thought about music um, I mean, I think we both have a you know fairly deep the- theoretical understanding, but we never really approach things theory first. And so I had been doing that already in the lessons and stuff. And I always felt like I was like, and I think that there's other people like this beyond just, yeah, when I met Roy Hargrove and connected with him when we were like 
22 years old. I was like, man, this dude is like way better than me. But he kind of thinks about music the way I do. He listens to the same stuff. This is going to be fun. Right. But I was like, this is really what the spirit of jazz is. This is nothing that I came up no. with or you came up with. Yeah. This, I think we just sort of found a way to maybe put it out there and almost like dangle it like a fishing line. Yeah. Be like, hey, does anybody else want to think about it like this? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk about theory and drop two or whatever. But we're going to really just talk about how do you get the feel of this music? That's right. How do you get the vibe? How do you get the groove? And that's for everybody. And so, but... I wasn't actually sure because I was like, maybe not, maybe not everybody can do this. But what I've learned and is so gratifying is that like at varying levels, everybody can that like kind of puts a little bit of time and yeah. effort into it. And so I was very confident at the beginning, like if you do this, you'll be able to. But I wasn't sure. But yeah. now I've learned. I mean, and you see the development that the students have had. And look, when you're doing it online, we're not there to make you do it. So if you don't put anything into it, yeah. we're not going to magically make you better just because you come to us. That's but, right. yeah. but I've seen players that have really developed. And so that's extremely gratifying. Yeah, that, that is something I've learned, too, is that you cannot acquire information to be a better player. Yeah. That's not how that works. No. Like you can't you can't information your way no. to being a better jazz musician. Not at all. There there are great jazz musicians right now who are right. like 16 years old who do not know as much music theory as you do. Right. And they sound great because they feel great and right. because they're putting the importance on the things that actually sound good. Yeah. Not the theory, not the information, you know, that's yeah. And so it's it's been a tricky balancing act because we get asked a lot about information like what is a, the drop two and all that and, and right. i man i man, love you're nerding. just hanging that thing over my head aren't you man? you brought just. it up <laughs> but uh man, i love nerding out about that kind of theoretical yeah. stuff as much as the next uh musician but there's there's something bigger that right. you have to focus exactly. on exactly yeah. so, Good. cool great conversation yeah here. thanks sean uh, thank you sean thanks enjoy again berlin for... that's one of my favorite my uh grandmother was uh from berlin was a berliner oh ich bin ein berliner she was i berliner east berliner in fact because hey, she was whoa. a little older wow yeah uh and so uh i always i was able to go to her apartment building and visit it a couple times when i was there crazy so that was fun yeah that's cool uh so uh carry on until tomorrow you'll hear it